Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As supporters of this sport, we uh, tend to spend a lot of time moaning and whinging about what we think is wrong with the Speedway. But sometimes something comes along that reminds us what an inspirational, awe-inspiring, truly magnificent sport this is. Bellevue versus Peterborough, leg one of the grand final was such an occasion. And by the way, thank God Chris Harris never learnt to gate, only in Speedway. In Australian, matey boy. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Speedway Tavern. We have tonight in the studio Mr. Chris Fuzzy Brown. Good evening. Mr. Mr. Matt Brown Buck. Good evening. Matt Brown. Um, <laughs> uh, myself, Michael, and we have uh, on Zoom joining us Mark Sawbridge. How are you doing, Mark? Great, thanks. Great to you. Uh, we're all pretty good here, apart from getting wet. <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. <laughs> never, never a good thing to say in a speedway season. Um, how, how would I sort of refer to you, Mark? I was, I was introduced to you as basically you being a historian of speedway. That's pretty much it, really. I'm the official historian of Wolverhampton Speedway. I've written a book about, uh, about Wolverhampton Speedway, but I'm a history, sort of interested in the history of Speedway full stop. I'm currently writing a history of British Speedway, which I hope I can get out. Um, but at the same time, I, I still, to this day, love it, even after close on 50 years of, uh, of supporting uh, Speedway. I think it's, uh, it still does for me what uh, it did when I was seven, when I first attended. Yeah, and well, the first thing we need to do then is to, to get out. Um, where can people get hold of your that different books? Uh, they can't, sadly, because my first one's sold out. Oh, um, that's not sad. <laughs> that's good. Probably got table legs all over the... Uh, over the <laughs> but I have a thousand produced and they're all gone and I, I get a stream of people asking me for them. So um, I am working on a kind of um, a revamped uh, volume of, of that, really. Um, so uh, yes, that's a, another one of my projects. So watch this space then. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you do get that sorted out, give us a, a bell and we will uh, uh, get the information out there to people. No problem. Thank you. Um, now, before we go any further, there is a rule that we have on the show. You're only allowed to, to mention the wolves three times. <laughs> well, we have no mute not Mark. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so. They say the strength is in the pack, so... Yes. How, how did... I mean, it's quite an unusual thing, a Speedway historian. How did that come about? Um, I, 
I don't know, really. I suppose it's one of those things I kind of fell into. I, I, I really had an ambition to write a history of the club because it's one of the uh, clubs that nobody nobody really looked into or researched. Wolverhampton Speedway is the oldest one in the world that's still going, and I, I, that's honestly true because um, Wolverhampton opened on the 30th of May 1928 at Monmouth Green, and there's no speedway anywhere in the world currently going that, that is older than that. So I, I'd always felt like it had a kind of rich past to it. Uh, so I wrote my book and uh, after then I write in the programme, I deal with inquiries, I've written in magazines and things like that. Uh, there's a lot of interesting uh, things about uh, Speedway in general, but certainly Speedway Wolverhampton in my view. And a little known fact, half the uh, Peterborough team were in that team. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I feel like it's a... Oh, sorry, I had to get her out. <laughs> um, you, would you like to take over? Matt, you've got some questions? Well, Mark, I think your first meeting at Mamba was um, 77, wasn't it? 73. I started going regularly in 77, which is what the yeah. race jacket is behind me. And 73 was when I started going. So, uh, yes, it's actually my 50th season next year, believe it or not. Um, but, yes, the, um, the 77 season was when I really, um, I think, got into it. Uh, and whenever Finn Thompson's name comes up, I sort of uh, bow with reverence towards him because he was my first hero. And uh, I just fell in love with it. And I remember seeing Hans Nielsen's first meeting at Bomber Green when he was a very raw 17-year-old. And then um, the next year, Eric Gunderson's first meeting as well. And he actually rode for the Wolves for one meeting before the, uh, the heathens snatched him away. <laughs> um, so, yes, um, long-time supporter now. I think we, if we, I think with a bit of foresight, we could have had Eric Gunson, Bruce Penland, Hans Nielsen in the same team, couldn't we? At, uh, at one stage, but it's just been greedy. Well, that's absolutely right because Jim McMillan, who was the Wolves captain, went to miss the first few meetings in '77 to go to America, and he's, he's in a, an attempt to persuade Bruce Penland to come to to Monmouth Green. Uh, and uh, I remember when Eric rode in a challenge match for Wolves, um, he, he got a maximum. He was brilliant. And somebody shouted at Bill Bridget, who was the promoter, sign him up, Bill. Uh, and Bill Bridget just turned his pockets out on the centre green and was just like, oh, yeah. I can't afford him. <laughs> but of course, Craigley at the time had got Dan McCormack, who was uh, a flamboyant showman and, and somebody who would more than be prepared to put his money where his mouth was. And at the time, he was doing absolutely no wrong at Craigley. And uh, signing Eric was one of his smartest moves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Eric obviously went on to be an absolute legend, not, in just, not just at Craigley, but also. Uh, in the sports as well, but um, I mean, obviously, when you when you first started, Mark, the the King of Mamba, of course, was uh, was the great Ollie Olsen. Correct. Yes, absolutely. I remember it used to go to uh, the the railway station at Wolverhampton. There was Ollie Olsen graffiti all over the place. His name was kind of uh, <laughs> well known uh, all across Wolverhampton, and that's when I first went because my my dad um, said to me, "We've got to go to the Speedways. Who, who this Ollie Olsen is that everybody's talking about?" and uh, the, the ironic thing that we turned up, it was the 10th of August 1973, Friday night at Green, uh to see the great Ollie Olsen and Wolverhampton. Uh, paid our money, got through the turnstiles, bought a programme, and would you believe it, Wolves and Ollie Olsen were riding at Hackney that evening, 120 <laughs> miles away. But this was the thing about 1970 Speedway. Promoters believed you should always put a meeting on, you know, on your regular race nights. Mm. And... Um, so that Friday night, there was a challenge match and it was Billy's Boys against Bowie's Bombers. And the lineup, when I look back at the programme now, was unbelievable. You know, the cream of 70s Speedway, really. Uh, you know, um, uh, Alan Wilkinson was riding, Hassie Holmquist, um, uh, Nigel Bucock, uh, you know, just um, 
Daglovas, rider after rider after rider that was just just really good, entertaining riders. Uh, but that's what the seventies were like, wasn't it? Wasn't it? You know. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Um, a, a lot of people sort of say that oh, the racing was better in the seventies and the eighties than it is now. Do you hold by that? Absolutely. You know, in a strange way, I don't. Uh, and you took uh, in, before this. Uh, um, before we came on air, and certainly just a moment ago, we were talking about Bellevue and Peterborough mm. and the, the meeting last night. I think you'd struggle to find a meeting from the 70s or 80s that was probably that the racing was as good as that. Mm, uh, I think um, th- this is an unpopular view. Um, my, my wife um, uh, always reminds me that um, she said, not, not everything's bad in the, in the modern world, you know, because I, I, I am very much stuck with the past. You know, I, I do think things were better in the old days. Mm. Football was better. Music was better. And the speedway was better. But racing-wise, I think, you know, it's as good as it's ever been, really. I, I think. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. But, um, that, that's a, an argument, I guess, that will run and run. Um, sorry, Matt, I've interrupted Yeah, you. I mean, if you think back those first sort of 10 years of you watching Wolves, Mark, would have been, obviously, there wasn't a, a, a great deal of success, unfortunately, at the, at the club, of course. And, of course, we did shut down for three years at the end of 81. But um, I think that all sort of turned in, in 86 when Pete Adams, of course, left. Of course, eventually yeah. he did come back, of course, and uh, CVS took over. And, uh, of course, the, the time was set by that famous night at Brandon when Wolves, after three weeks away, managed to win at, uh, win at Coventry. Oh, I don't think I will ever forget that night, as long as I live. Um, it was an incredible evening. And, um, yes, that was the sort of start of the revival, really. Uh, from when I started going, in 73, uh, the, the traje- trajectory was very much downwards for the next seven or eight seasons. Uh, and Wolverhampton closed for two years, came back to a big fanfare. But it was really, I think, it was Chris Van Stratton taking over in mid-86 that put the club for the first time that, that I'd known on, on a kind of equal footing, on a, on a sound footing. Uh, and Peter Adams coming back in 89, that, that did it really. I think the period between 89 and 96 was Wolves' glory years, really. Wolves went out to the top five in that period, with lots of um, honours in that time. Had the great Sam Ermolenko, of course. Um, but you're right, yes, I think Peter Adams coming back was probably the final piece in that, in that particular jigsaw. Mm. Really, we should have won more late titles, shouldn't we? I'm sure you'll agree with that. Well, yes, and if you look at <laughs> Bellevue, for example, uh, yeah. if they win uh, against Peterborough, uh, then that would be their first league title since 93. Uh, and, of course, if you're a Wolves fan, you will remember with great pain what happened in that last yes, week. Yes, I know, I, was, <laughs> so, I know, yes. It's almost worth hoping Bellevue do win it again so that they stop mentioning 93, <laughs> to be honest. But, um, I mean, as I mean, we, were, we were about 15 points clear at one stage, weren't we? Because, of course, there was no playoffs in those days, and then the whole... Sc- Literally, the whole team just got wiped out through injury. That's right. I'm trying to think. Was it 12 or was it 14? And there were only something like four races left, and it was something like 5 0, 5 1, 5 1, or something, wasn't it? And, and until he got down to the last heat. And um, yeah. you're right. I, I think, uh, yeah, as far as the lead. Chris telling us there's some <laughs> comments to, uh, to, to read. Um, and there's a bit. There was one by Craig Smee. There we go. Um, yeah, Bellevue is older than Wolverhampton, isn't it? 
No, it isn't. Um, uh, Wolverhampton opened first, but if you look at where Bellevue opened originally, it's the Greyhound Stadium, um, but that was after Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton was the 30th of May 1928, but if you look at Bellevue, like I say, they first opened in the Greyhound Stadium, then moved in 1929 to Hyde Road. Both of those have gone. So, um, of course, Bellevue as a club have been running continuously since 1928, even through the war years. So, mm. you know, Bellevue are entitled to say, you know, we're the longest running club in the world. And that's right. But, but Mont McGreen and Wolverhampton is the oldest remaining speedway venue in the world. There we go. So fight, fight, so fight. fight. <laughs> I, I have tremendous respect for Bellevue, you know, and as a speedway yeah. historian, I think, you know, uh, they're just a they're just a fantastic club, really. I mean, you know, you look at the greats that have ridden for them over the years. When I was growing up, Peter Collins was a big hero of mine. Uh, so, you know, I have enormous respect for Bellevue as a club, actually. Not just their history, but where they are now. Which would you say, out of all the tracks that you've been to, and you can talk about defunct tracks and, and whatever, which is the best track? Oh. <laughs> Um, you know, the, 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 You're not allowed to say Wolverhampton, by the way. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, I, um, <laughs> I think that um, the, the, the old Bellevue at Hyde Road was one I loved. Uh, the new Bellevue mm. at the National Speedway Stadium, I love. Uh, so I, I'd certainly put those two out there. There's a track in Germany called Gustro in northeast Germany, uh, and I've been many times, and that's a huge favourite of mine as well. And if you ever get the chance to go, you think... German tracks are all kind of um, 400 metre flat tracks that you need a fast engine on. Gusto is about 280 metres, I think, but it's got really short straights and really long sweeping bends. And the race there is absolutely terrific. So so I'd pick those three. There we go. Looks tough. Listen, Mark, one meeting that I've, I've, slightly before my time, about three or four years before I started, one meeting I've got to ask you about um, Small Maid, 1985. <laughs> I, think you were, I think, yes, I'll tell by your reaction. I mean, that was, uh, just, just give us your side of the story, what happened on, on that morning. Or should, was it, give us, it was a, what are we talking about? Because I, I have no idea. Yeah, well, if you <laughs> listen, you'll find out. So. Well, well, you see, um, I went to virtually every meeting in 1985 home and away, and one of the very few that I missed was that. That small mead meeting. And <laughs> I, I, I went to Bordesley Green, Birmingham in the afternoon, and Birmingham were at home too. It might have been Ellesmere Port, I can't remember. And I remember somebody saying there, I've just seen on World of Sport, Dickie Davis has just read out that there's been a track invasion at, at the Speedway meeting. <laughs> and, um, and sure enough, that is exactly what happened. Uh, but what happened was that there were, I think, six races completed. It was a bank holiday Monday morning, blazing hot weather. The track was absolutely atrocious. There were three riders injured, two of them taken to hospital. There were two or three fallers in every single race. And uh, Wolves decided, we've had enough, we're not riding on this, and walked out. Reading then decided that uh, actually we were going to carry on. So all the fans there were, were going to be faced with the prospect of just having two Reading riders riding around on their own. So the Wolves fans took it on their uh, <laughs> themselves to get on the track and sit on it and get the meeting abandoned. Um, if I'm going to be entirely neutral about this, then uh, there was a full inquiry and the, full, the inquiry completely exonerated Wolverhampton and its supporters. Um, and rightly so, because it, it was a disgrace. And I think that... Um, it was never that bad again, and I think it probably gave not only Reading but other tracks around the country a bit of a boot up the backside. That you can't just do this, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's people's lives you're talking about here. 
Mm. Absolutely, yeah. I, I know what you're thinking, Mike. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're thinking about a meeting from a few weeks ago, yeah, weren't I you? Am, yeah. Perry Bar, so. <laughs> I think I've said enough about that meeting. Yes, I think you have, yeah. I know you want to say more, but we'll keep you under control. We'll keep you under control. <clears> but as I say, I mean, we've talked about CVS coming, coming in, Mark, but obviously before just before CVS arrived, one of Pete's last main moves as promoter of course was to bring the great Sam Malenko in and, and Sam really was a, a a figure that really just galvanised the whole club wasn't he I mean I, you know I mean I was fortunate enough to see Sam in his prime and he was absolutely superb to watch wasn't he and, and a real linchpin of the whole club I think if you, if you were to ask me my favourite rider of all time it would probably be Sam Malenko to yeah. be honest um, uh, Chris Van Stratton said of him once that uh, he'd miss the start, pick off each rider, pass the last one by, by pulling a wheelie, then get to the last bend in front and fall off and sit on his backside. That was what Sam was like. You know, yeah. he, he, I think of him as the great all-rounder because, you know, he could get it, he could come from the back, he could uh, entertain the fans. Um, team riding, I've never seen anything like. Um, you know, there was one meeting at King's Lynn, and I remember I've seen this on, it's probably on YouTube, where he's it riding there, yeah. with, with Jan Steckman, and he's, he's going around the corners pointing to where he wants Steckers to ride. Uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, I was there when he won the World Title in 93 in Germany, which was a, a very great afternoon and a very uh, dramatic one. Um, so, yes, um, Chris told me, Chris Van Strutt told me once, um, uh, and this is an open story, that... Um, when uh, Chris took over in the middle of 86, he called all the Wolves riders in and said, look, I cannot afford to keep paying you what you are contracted to pay. Uh, and if I'm going to save this club, I need you to take a pay cut so that we, we can go forward on an on a even keel. Uh, and Chris said that the one rider who convinced all of the others to take the pay cut was Samuel Malenko. So mm -hmm. Wolverhampton Speedway could be forever in his debt, really, because he helped yeah. us to save the club. Absolutely, yeah. I mean... As I say, just a, just a great servant, really, and so many other rides that came in. I mean, obviously, my everybody who listens to the show knows my my hero growing up was was Ronnie Corrie. I mean, Ronnie again oh, was, yeah. was a you know fantastic rider who quickly became you know a world class competitor. And then, of course, you had the Carlsons coming in after that as well, and even in the modern era, the likes of Freddie Lindgren. But Sam was really the probably the the one that everybody sort of holds in the highest esteem. Well, yes, I mean, I've got my Frederick Lindgren mug here, so because uh, <laughs> he's friends again, another big favourite of mine. Ronnie Corrie, I think of Ronnie as kind of, uh, he was like the Ernie Wise to Sam's Eric Morecambe, wasn't he? He was the straight guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that guy is just right, right there. Yeah. <laughs> great analogy. Uh, I, you know, I have nothing but respect for Ronnie Corrie. I think he's a great guy, and uh, I think we needed that. You know, if Sam was doing flamboyant things, Ronnie was the one banging the points in quite often, and, um, yeah. you know, a great guy. When Sam left at, at the end of 95, uh, and Ronnie took over in 96 as captain, I mean, he did a fantastic job and led the club to the double. So, yeah, Ronnie Corrie, I... I is a, is a hero of mine, really. Of course, that period from, I don't know, 1970 up until late 80s, Speedway in the West Midlands, it was just, it was the bastion of Speedway, really, with, with teams like Coventry and Leicester and Birmingham and Cradley and Wolverhampton. Um, what went wrong? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? Well, I remember the days where on a bank holiday Monday, you could go to sort of Birmingham in the morning, Cradley in the afternoon, and uh, Wolverhampton in the evening or something, you yeah. know, that you could do all three. Um, 
and of course so many great uh, great speedway venues i i still miss uh, the old perry bar you know the the the, the mm. old greyhound stadium where the one mm. stop is and uh, that to me was a favorite venue when i was growing up uh, and the fact that Wolverhampton always seemed to win there. Was, was, uh, <laughs> Everybody always seemed to win there. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's changed. But what a, what a terrific place that was. And, mm. uh, and of course, Cradley, you know, I miss Cradley. It's uh, terrible. I, um, I, I used to say, you know, that going to Cradley as a Wolves fan, it was almost like, uh, like a trip to the dentist. And I used to feel like I'd got a kind of uh, fear in the pit of my stomach every time I walked through the gates. Um, and a couple of years ago, I had to have some serious dental work done, uh, and it was in Cradley Heath High Street. Oh, so, dear. you know, it was a kind of I had the same kind of feeling, but I, I did wander down and have a look at it. I just felt this great sense of sadness, you know, the, that place with all those memories and all those happy times, and it's it just gone. It was a very, very sad thing. Yeah, without doubt. I mean, I've, I've always felt that a part of, even though Wolverhampton's still going, there was really that. That great rivalry that we had with with Crowley sort of it galvanised each both clubs to be honest because they always wanted to outdo each other and that period in the sort of late eighties early nineties the, the rivalry was really really intense between mm. both clubs. It was. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we've we've all got our favourite uh, Wolves Crowley local derby, haven't we? You know, and I've never seen anything like it in Speedway history. Uh, you know, it was just. Just amazing. I mean, the one at um, on the Bank Holiday Monday in 1989. I think it was the one that uh, I would go back to, and it was like a like a war, you know. And the, the, the referee had to warn riders of both sides to just calm it down a bit. And uh, Wolves won by a point. I think the first leg was 45-45, yeah. and the second leg was 45-44. <laughs> so that just goes to show. Wow. Um, but yes, it was. Uh, I think you know we always used to uh, look at the, when the next Wolves Cradley meeting was going to be. You know, it was one always to look forward to. Uh, and it's not been the same, really, since it's gone. Yeah, do you remember, were you there when uh, Billy Hamill grabbed all of Sam's push bar on the back straight in the uh, uh, last yes, uh, yes, I remember that one. That was, yeah. uh, gosh, that, uh, the crowd went absolutely wild that night. And, uh, yes, it was, uh, <laughs> it was quite some, <laughs> quite some meeting. Uh, it was, yep. uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few more comments coming up. Rich Thomas has said, I was at Small Wayne in 85. Bobby Schwartz got on the tractor and tried to ride the track himself. You might as well do the next comment I'll, as well. I'll just, just, I'll, just, I'll, just, just go. Dylan yeah, says, You know, it's a great show when Mark is sat there, sat there in silence. The silence is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shall, shall I get my coast? Yeah, go on. <laughs> <to> go. What's <laughs> I go for? I forgot you were here. <laughs> Should we? Uh, uh, well, I just want to know how the hangover is, Chris. Yeah, I didn't know what I had two pints all day. That's a lot of you today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Silly, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> should we uh, move to the speed of nations let's, for a yeah, well, yeah, we, we, sh we should uh, yeah. talk about that. Obviously, um, the lineups have sort of been announced, yeah. although we're not sure that they're they're entirely accurate. Um, Oh, I'll get that up in a minute. There's actually um, somebody a bit further up talking about the Speedway Nation, so we'll, we'll actually. Um, oh, we, we have to we have to acknowledge this one from Dylan Spuddy Hodgetts. Yeah. Evening, chaps. Well, I'm ill as can be. Oh. Uh, so I've been looking forward to watching this all day. What a meeting we saw on TV last night. Boggles my mind that Bewley wasn't selected for the Speedway of Nations team for the weekend. Fantastic spirit from the Panthers to fight back. Glad to see hands walk away, albeit dazed from such a horrible-looking crash. 
Good to see Mark on the show. His knowledge of especially Wolves history is second to none. There you go. You've got a fan there. Oh, there thank you. you. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, it was a great meeting last night. It was, yeah. Um, I, Dad's army just keeps surprising. Every time you write them off, they seem to come back. No, they, they did fantastically well to get back into that meeting. Obviously, we're losing Hans Anderson as well. Um, mm. there's, there's a bit of confusion at the moment as to whether Hans is going to rise on... On Thursday, I would, I would assume if it's um, concussion related, then he won't be able to because I think it's a standard nine day. Nine day thing, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but it's you know, let's not forget Bellevue have been to Peaceburg twice this season and won, so there's no reason why Peace, why Bellevue can't go there and, and, and win on Thursday. Yeah, I, I think the neutral is hoping for a Peaceburg win. Mm. Just given by two. That would yeah, that wouldn't that, <laughs> that would be, yeah. Yeah, would be that would uh, yeah, yeah. be interesting. Yeah, but the the big revelation for me was was on a track that he's. He's admitted himself, and many admitted when he was on the show last year that he isn't one of his favourites. Mm. Is Scott Nichols? I mean, mm. that was like watching the Scott Nichols of twenty years ago. He was absolutely superb. Did you Did you watch the meeting, Mark? Uh, sadly, I didn't. Uh, I've seen bits of it uh, that have come up on social media today. Mm. Every bit I've seen of it has just been absolutely uh, astonishing. Um, you know, we talk about Scott Nichols, uh, and I'll put Chris Harris in the same bracket. Uh, these people are just just fantastic adverts for Speedway I think not just in the way they ride but the way they conduct themselves in general and uh, I think that I have nothing but admiration if I I was running a Speedway team those two might possibly be the first names on my my team list even though you know they're they're sort of very much getting towards the tail end of their career Uh, and and I agree it's great to see Scott doing well at Bellevue he rode there of course in 2016 and didn't have a great time Uh, but um, yeah great to see him going so well and Chris Harris seems to be riding as if he's still 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, I mean, he's been a revelation at Birmingham this year. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, Craig Smith says, brilliant meeting for the neutrals last night and great advert for the sport. The speedway was superb, but as a fan, it was hard to enjoy it as I was so nervous watching it live in the stadium. And we're hoping it's going to be our title this year. I'm guessing he's a Bellevue fan then. Yep. Um, after a long wait, 1993 last time. There you go. Yes, thank you very much, Craig. <laughs> thank you. I, th- <laughs> I think flares and mullets were still in fashion then. <laughs> oh, still well, in fashion in this studio? I was going to say they're still in, fa- they're still in fashion in Wolverhampton. So, um, <laughs> Get a close-up of, uh, of Mike. Let's <clears throat> <It's> not. <laughs> no, please don't. Let's not do that to people. <laughs> Um, so thoughts on um, Bewley not being chosen? Bit of a surprise that was. Mm. Um, Given what he did as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I suppose whether there's pressure to pick Wuffington and Lambert because they are obviously seen as the two top British mm-hmm. riders. I mean, not going but to who would you drop out of Wuffington and Lambert if you was going to put Bewley in? I'd drop Lambert myself. Mm. I know. I know that Lambert. Towards the end of the JP series, was was starting to show like he sort of got to grips with it a little bit. But I would I would have probably put Bewley in just ahead of of Lambert to be honest. It would be a, it'd be um, a brave man not to pick Ty. Yeah, they've got they, well they had, they had, I mean they had to go for the for the strongest lineup possible mm. because you know on on home track the, you know we've got to be seen to be at least you know looking to try and, and win the meeting. Um, it's going to be difficult, but. It's not impossible looking at the lineup. No, it's not impossible, no. It's not impossible at all. And, mm. of course, when we come to do the uh, league table tonight, this is a ten-pointer, isn't it? Four-pointer. Four-pointer? Yeah. I can't make it ten. Ten-pointer? <laughs> 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 I thought you'd what to, what you need to make it about a 50-point defeat. I, can, I just league. want to beat Chris. I don't He's know. getting <laughs> desperate. There's never this 20 quid that he owes me when I win. 
Uh, Peterborough got something very special this season and in a way it's a once in a lifetime kind of thing to see such an experienced team cause such an upset and overcome all the odds at the start of the season and take the title. Well they haven't taken the title yet. Nope. Will be a shame when some of this Panthers team is inevitably split up for next season. Well some of them are retiring of course aren't yeah. they? So. Yeah that's always been a frustration for me is that you know you, you have a great team like that and then you have to break it up afterwards there's um, something that remarkable about Peterborough that I don't think many people have latched hold of but um, I went to Peterborough last Thursday for the for the second leg of the playoffs and I looked mm -hmm. at the programme and it got the averages of the riders and I think Michael Palm Toft was the top average and his average was something like and I can't remember exactly but it was something like 7.13 that's the top rider yeah no so it, it's... team has ever won the league uh, and like I say we don't know if they have yet but mm. um, with, a, with a number one that in the sevens <laughs> it's remarkable didn't um, oh, what was the team what didn't Workington do that a few seasons ago they might have that, done, yeah. that sort of a, a situation that didn't yeah. end well for them mind you <laughs> Yes, I remember. I mean, if you go back years and years and years, Pool won it in '69, and they didn't have an average a rider over nine. And I mean, that was a that was a revelation at the time. But but nothing like this. It's it's incredible, really. Mm. He yeah. doesn't know we don't talk about Paul on the show, does he? <laughs> oh, or <laughs> <laughs> Craigley? No, not true. Not true. Uh, I, I think Paul are probably going to win the Premiership. Yeah, it looks. It does look likely now, doesn't it? So mm. yeah. Um, uh, job, uh, Rob Brownhill wants to know if they can change the team lineup for day two if, say, Lambert or Woofie has a bad one. Well, I'm not so sure they can, actually. I bet they can if he's injured. <laughs> trip, it, trip over on the way to home or something. What, you're going to be in the place to do that, are you? Can be arranged. Or anything can be arranged. Palm Tuff's having a really tough night at Edinburgh tonight and has had a four. So yeah, he, to, be, to, right to well. be fair, he rode very well last night, considering the you know the mm. state of uh, the state of his hand. So, mm. and Darren Hartley says, "How can you not pick Wuffenden and Lambert, the best two best British riders on the world stage?" Says Darren. I, I sort of can see why they've yeah. done it. I, I've got no issue yeah. with it, but I know plenty of people. Yeah, I think the big issue a lot of people have with it is the fact that neither of them race in the British League, do they? So, but that's that's up that's up to them. To well, Lambert wanted to, of course. Yeah. So that was the whole Poland thing. Mm. Of course, we have to consider that Lambert rides against these top guys again and again and again mm. every week, and yeah. um, probably more so than Bewley. Uh, I mean, Bewley on his home track is a really good shout, but um, yeah, mm. I'd probably shade Lambert, but it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a I mean, nice problem to have. It is a nice problem to have, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's not a problem that we've tended to have in international level for quite a few <laughs> no. years, is it? Having a headache over the selection, because for a long time it's sort of picked itself, hasn't it? But And, of course, that they're making a change to the World Cup as well, which I think is a welcome change, yep. having it every three years. Not convinced about having it five meetings five on the same meetings track. On the same track, so, yeah. Mm. We shall see. It'll need to be a hell of a track. I don't, <laughs> whether, I don't know whether they could do that on a British track, to be honest, but... Uh, 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 is it not happening at Cardiff? <laughs> uh, uh, Robert Lambert, Lambert, tenth in the world, eighth in Poland averages. Ty, sixth in the world and tenth in Poland averages, Polish averages. Whilst Tuff and Bewley, what a nice problem to have. Mm. 
Yeah, so I, I suspect if if, Roy, if uh, Alan Rossiter was still the national manager, um, Tolford probably wouldn't be in the team, to be honest, because it's fair to say that the two of them didn't have the, the best of, uh, best of relationships. relationships. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we've had a little chat about that. We're going to, obviously, we're going to make up our mind about who we think is going to win at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, gulp. <laughs> I've got I've got to choose what he doesn't choose basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. um, cancel each other out actually. Mm, pick the pick the same one. Yeah, but you can't do that because anyway, that's enough of that. Oh, who wrote the rules? <laughs> Me. Oh. Okay, and I rewrite them every week, as you know. Um, yes. Yeah, so, how far back do you go with into your history into Speedway? Do you go right back to the the very beginnings? Hmm. Sorry, uh, what, me, sorry, yes. Yes, yeah, I wasn't um, talking to... Right, to, 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 to definitely right not me. To the, right back to 1928 or even before when it started. Yes, I do. So what, have you sort of got any little insights into that very first meeting? At, was it High Beach? Yeah. Or was well, that there were, yeah. Yeah, there, sorry, there were yeah. kind of three meetings that you could say are the first meeting in Britain. There was one at Camberley on the, on the Heath. Uh, in 1927 there was one at a place called Drawsden in Manchester in 1927 and there was one in High Beach in February 1928 which is the famous one of course mm-hmm. Camberley was actually um, a, a clockwise it's the only speedway meeting I think in the country that's ever been written clockwise so historians like here would say didn't count uh, and it, it, it was more of a kind of muckabout session so I would count that one out Drawsden mm. was authentic uh, and absolutely one. 100% right, but the thing is, it was never repeated, so nothing happened as a result. Whereas High Beach, when you go to uh, you go to Birmingham or Wolverhampton or Bellevue or whatever these days, you can trace the lineage right back to that first meeting at High Beach. So that was the important one. Um, of course, in those days, um, riders used to turn up on their motorbikes and um, and then ride on the ride on the motorbikes that they'd uh, turned up on, uh, you know, with no mm. brakes or head headlights or anything like that and then put them all back at the end of the meeting so it was it was very very different in those days can i ask the most stupidest question ever well you usually do why do riders go anti-clockwise why what why why um you know that there's lots of different theories about that one um the reason that i can only give is is um, greyhound racing goes anti-clockwise athletics no. goes anti-clockwise do you ever see Ben-Hur the film the chariot race mm-hmm. went anti-clockwise um, I think it's more <laughs> a question of why races traditionally go anti-clockwise horse racing goes anti-clockwise as well yeah. Um, yeah. you know I can't give any better reason than that really didn't think of that yeah yeah, thanks, well. Yeah. <laughs> That's your satisfaction for the night. Uh, I, 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 I can give a give a, a theory to that. I've got in. But being, being a motorbicalist myself, yeah, um, the gear levers on the left hand side. So mm-hmm. that, that would, if you was going the right hand side, you'd have your foot trapped under the under the gear lever, yeah. and you could change the gear when you're going around the corner or something. So it's it's, it's much more stable to put that foot down than it's it is to put one. is to put the other foot. Just a guess on my part. I think that's a very good guess, and of course, in the early days, there, there were no such things as speedway bikes. They were just ordinary motorbikes that people exactly. were riding. So yeah. I think that's, that's a good shout, actually. Mm-hmm. Just, right, just yeah. that's just for Dylan's buddy Hodgett. Yeah. He's having a go at me again. Oh, right. He's yeah. on me today. <laughs> Nineteen twenty-eight. He might just go back far enough when the Brummies last won the league. Hey, eh, Mike? <laughs> Says Dylan. <laughs> well, nineteen seventy-two. 
1974, I think. You'll you'll tell me when did we last when did we win last win the league? 2016, uh, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, there is that. Yeah. Hey, hey. Only five years ago. Yeah, five oh, years. I, never, I never thought about that. Yeah. Oh, it was it dementia setting in, in it? <laughs> was it was it seventy five when Birmingham won the new national league? Yeah, we did seventy four and then seventy five, didn't yeah. we? Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then in seventy six we moved up. Yeah. With uh, good old Sorum. Yes. Sloshed slot Sorum, yeah. What, what a sad story that was as well with Sorum. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rob says, uh, Dudley Wolves Trophy 1991, probably one of the most memorable. Oh, and back to the uh, clockwise, anti-clockwise. Isn't it something to do with the early Olympics running races going round anti-clockwise? Another racing just following mm-hmm. that trend, says Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. That could that. be right, yeah. 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 Was 1991 the year that Sean Wilson sent all the track stuff scattering at one? Uh, Mark, or was that the year before? Uh, I think it was the year before. I, I yeah. remember that as one of the most terrifying and one of the funniest moments that I've ever seen at a speed racing. It was a really wet track, and uh, it was on the last bend, and Sean went a bit wide. He was riding for walls as a guest, and he hit the fence, and he just catapulted him across the centre green, and you just saw bodies sort of uh, jump and leap out of the way. Uh, and when he, he was lying on the ground, poor old Sean on the centre green, he picked himself up and, and the, uh, the announcer did what no speedway announcer should ever do and stuffed the microphone under his nose and said, uh, how are you, Sean? What, what was that all about? And he said, well, uh, I quite like the start marshal here, so I thought I'd come and have a chat to him. I thought that was, <laughs> that was a great thing to say. <laughs> but it was a terrifying moment. <laughs> uh, tell Mike Bewley won the, won the league with... Rock this year, man. This match first league, yeah, yeah. And somebody who knows a little bit about Speedway, Brian Book. Uh, seems to me that most people are born right handed. Oh, the natural direction for racing is anti clockwise. Most of us who have ridden a motorcycle or a pedal bike mm-hmm. to feel more comfortable turning, do feel more comfortable turning left and turning right. Oh, oh. than turning right, I think. Lots of theories coming Absolutely, up. Absolutely, yeah. Well, well, you learn everything on this show, don't you? Hmm. Okay. And I think we've caught up now. Okay. We're, oh, okay. We're yep. Okay. Yep. How are we doing for time? Okay. Just while we're just while we're on the Birmingham th- on the Birmingham theme, by the way, uh, Mark, there was a. I think it's actually in your book the story of when Crossroads decided to come to Mum yes. Green and do some filming. Could you just regale us that story? Please? I didn't know about this. Why? Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, you can if you go on. Uh, if you- <laughs> Very bad. I couldn't resist. Yeah, if you go on eBay, there are lots of crossroad DVDs available. I don't know who buys this stuff, but uh, I, I don't know whether this episode still exists. And I, you know, I'm sort of tempted to see if I can I can find it. But um, yeah, what happened was, if you remember Crossroads, if you're old enough to recall that, um, it, no. the, the whole idea was it was set in a motel, so you could have, you wouldn't have the same characters every week, you get people coming in and out, and the story was about a speedway manager, and he got a bike, and the bike had killed his son, and it was like the killer bike, uh, <laughs> and a travelling speedway team turned up and stayed at the motel with the manager, uh, and as it happened, it was the Wolverhampton team, so you had people oh, like Big Jarman, Jim Airy, Gordon Glasgow, people like that. Um, and the theory was that they, they filmed at Mama Green and they filmed Pete Jarman. Uh, and and they, the, the cameraman said to him, right, when the tapes go up, it's a sort of rear at the start and then fall off on the first bend. But they held the tapes too long. 
So when the, uh, the tapes went up, Jarman went absolutely flying and uh, crashed into the fence. Good news is it was a spectacular piece of footage to put in Crossroads uh, and the producers <laughs> absolutely loved it. The bad news was I think he broke his wrist or something. Oh, God, really okay. Damaged Wolverhampton's uh, title chances that year. So, uh, But for Crossroads, we could have... So been... The killer bike struck again. <laughs> <laughs> and it gave me a chance to play my theme. There you go. Your theme? Your theme. Of course it is from my, yeah, my theme. I wouldn't have told the story. I wouldn't have asked for the story to be told if I knew you were going to play it. <laughs> um, Sorry. Craig Smee wants to know what do we make of the Swindon news and they're not coming to the tapes next season either. It'll be three years out of the sport a long time. Hopefully not the beginning of the end for the Robins. Yeah, it's a bit concerning, isn't it? Just seem a bit of a strange time to start doing work on the stadium was the, well, was the winter drawing. Sta- at least they are starting. At least they have started, yeah. yeah so. That's... Yes, look on the positive side and on the positive side of course Oxford mm, yeah that's um, you know so fingers crossed just waiting for that news now that some, some. benevolent uh, multi-millionaire has bought Birmingham it's got to be one of those the funny thing about um, Oxford if you've seen the, the videos of people who've been walking around the stadium it's in superb condition I mean it's a bit overgrown but you know it, mm. it, it's it is in great condition compare that to Coventry yeah uh, yes. you know I work up the road from from Brandon Stadium and um, I know it's just in a terrible terrible state uh, so uh, it's great news for Oxford it really is and I, I just hope they can uh, they can get the ball rolling and get in the league next year in mm. some shape, way, shape or form. I'm actually relatively positive about Swindon on the basis that at least the work is yeah. seems to be going ahead. So I know it's another year out, but, you know, I, I'd rather have them back and, and do it right. Yeah. Let's hope they do something mm. about the toilets on the back straight as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anybody who's been there will know what I mean. So. Makes me wince every time I mention it. <laughs> <laughs> Big win for Kent tonight, keeping the National League title a three-way challenge. We sort of said it was two-way challenge last week, yeah. didn't we? Maybe that's, we'll have to look yeah. at it. Just, just looking to... Well, we're going to go on to our predictions shortly, aren't we? But just mm. looking towards the future for Speedway, Mark. I mean, everybody knows this, you know, it's been a, it's always going to be a very, very difficult year for Speedway this year with the COVID and, and everything like that. I mean... Where, where do you where do you see the sport the sport standing at the moment, and where do you think it needs to look at, at trying to improve? I mean, there's all sorts of talk about one big league or merging leagues or doing all sorts of things. You know, it's, uh, you know that's a, that's the most difficult question you could possibly ask. I think um, uh, um, where do I start? I think Speedway has either two routes really, which is revolution or evolution, and I think that um, a revolution would be something that like happened with the provincial league in in 1960. Where, like a new group of promoters come up, up, upset the apple cart, or where sort of some sort of multi-millionaire comes up, and, uh, or some sort of Barry Hearn, Bernie Eccleston figure, and, and buys it all up. Um, on the basis that's not going to happen, Speedway has to try and evolve. Um, I think that um, if it, it, a controversial view, but I think that um, the best thing that Speedway can do, British Speedway can do, I think, is look really at cost. I think that cost for supporters and cost for riders, I think, has gone out of control. The mm-hmm. National League uh, should be a training league. It's not a semi-professional league. But when I hear stories of what some riders are asking and getting in lower league racing, I think it's actually quite frightening. 
Uh, that, of course, would take some sort of substantial change to the machinery or the, the way that the machinery is sourced or the fact that riders should only be allowed to bring one bike in or whatever, but mm. that's very, very tough. But I think costs, I think, have gone out of control in Speedway. And uh, I think that's, to, if I was running the show, that's where my focus would be. I think the, the product itself, when you turn up at the Speedway meeting, I, I don't think there's that much wrong with it, actually. Uh, and I'm not one of these people who thinks the BSPA are all idiots or, you know, all promoters are, are lunatics. I, I have a lot of respect for, for anybody who's about to put their money into Speedway. Um, but, yes, yeah, some, some tough choices ahead, I think. Yeah, to see where they uh, where they go, isn't it? Really, I mean, obviously, with you know Newcastle, obviously, thankfully, have been saved. Um, Eastbourne, of course, there's still hope about Eastbourne, and of course, we're keeping our fingers crossed for Birmingham as well. So, mm. um, it I, re I, really, if we can, if every club can get to the end of the season and can declare their intention to run next year, I think that'll be a massive positive for Speedway, especially if we've got the likes of Oxford coming back, and hopefully, mm. you know, 2023, we'll see Swindon mm. back as well. Uh, and there's always hopes of Bradford as well, you know, that's one I would mm. love to see back. I'd, I'd sort of like to take issue with one, th I can't get controversial myself now, with, with one, one thing that you said, which is that there's nothing wrong with the product. I think Speedway-wise, the racing is as good, or even not better than ever. Mm. I just think in Speedway there's an awful lot of downtime that a lot of clubs don't fill with anything and I think that's something that they need to look at. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, I think, um, you know, that there's not enough meetings. And there's even downtime in the meetings themselves. You know, there's mm. still big gaps between well, the that, races. That's what, I, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that to me seems like an easy thing to fix. Um, you know, uh, and, you know, when there's a rerun, all the riders go back to the pits and then go on another two minutes and all come back again. Mm. You know, um, messing about at the start... Things like this can be sorted, I think. Absolutely, I think, and I think that's very important in this day yeah, and age. I don't, yeah. yeah people, yeah, particularly young people, which is the people that we're trying to attract, surely, um, their attention span isn't what it used to be like for you and I back in the seventies, and mm -hmm. for um, back in Chris the 20s, back in the twenties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think we can say that um, Speedway hasn't lost its soul, has it? Um, you know, I'm a sort of part-time football fan and uh, football has completely lost its soul mm, unless yeah. you're a fan of a lower league club but you know for higher league clubs it's it's a soulless experience um speedway hasn't and i hope whatever changes they can make to, to save it can can keep that uh, i don't know like i say soul might be a hard word to kind of justify uh but i think you know what i'm saying uh, i think it still has some roots which football i think has, has dug up Mm. Absolutely. Uh, on to our fixtures. Okay, okay so um, Mark, if you want to join in with this, you're quite you're quite welcome. Okay, and, and you'll even get get put on the on the leaderboard. And if you get more than one point, you'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll go for you won't <laughs> yeah. be last. You'll finish with Lawrence Rogers, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, for those of you out there that uh, don't know, we do this every week, and you put your predictions up. Where do they put them? Uh, uh, put Chris. them on the Facebook group or Facebook page, really, because we yep. can switch them around. I'll find, or, I'll or, find just, or, or just add them to this to this thread, basically. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
We'll find so, and, and there is a few more comments coming up, and we'll try to get to those. So we'll try and get mm. through this fairly quickly. Yeah. Okay. So Paul versus Leicester stroke Scunthorpe. Well, it is going to be Leicester, isn't it? So yeah, shall we so. say it's going to be Leicester? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's off, off to you. Um, well, I think a lot of it's going to depend on whether Hanzan. I don't think Hanzan's. If it's concussion, he certainly won't ride. So mm. I would probably go in that one. Pull by twelve. Pull by ten. Pool by 20. Ooh. I'm going to go pool by 16. Okay. Uh, Peterborough versus Bellevue. The Premier Grand Final. Premier Grand Final 2. Interesting. And you've got it. You've got the first, Chris. Okay, I'll go uh, Bellevue by 6. I'm going to say Peterborough by two, just because that's what I want to happen. <laughs> I'm going to say Peterborough by two as well, actually. Okay. And Mark? Well, I was going to say exactly the same, uh, and that would be just uh, the most brilliant way to end a, to end a uh, speed race. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't, Wouldn't be it? a shocker either, actually. No, no, no. not at all. No. Right. Edinburgh versus Glasgow Championship Knockout Cup semi-final two. I'm going to say Glasgow by two. Well, Edinburgh have got it all to do, haven't they? So uh, I'm going to go Edinburgh by four. Uh, Edinburgh by eight. Mark Glasgow by six. I think so this is where I might get. I might get my. my oh no! Yeah. Yeah. Gone the wrong way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speedway of Nations. This is the last one, of course. Right. Speedway of Nations. Are we going to do it as one meeting? Yeah. Okay. So we're going just going to pick the winner. Yeah. yeah. And so it's up to the. I think. Poland. Okay. I'm going Poland. Just because you've gone Poland, I'm going to go Great Britain. Okay. It'll probably be Australian now. <laughs> Mark. I w you know, I was torn between Poland and Great Britain. Um, mm. But I'm, I'm going to go Great Britain. Mm. Okay. I've got history on my side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. We're coming towards the end of the year. Uh, yeah. mm. so Shall we it. do the Great Britain versus Poland test match? Well, that's next week. It's that next. Is that next um, week? That's next uh, Tuesday. So that'll be on whilst we're whilst we're on here next week. So, well, we can do it. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, okay. Do it. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, is it a four pointer or is it just normal points? Yeah, it's normal points. Yeah, yeah. Okay. normal points. It's just a meeting. It's a test match. Mm. Okay, up to me. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to poke poker face. Poker face. What you all think? I'm going to go. Poland. Bye. Six. Okay, I'm going to go Poland by ten. Oh. Poland by six as well, yeah. Mark? I'll go Poland eight, I think. Okay. Yeah, not very patriotic here, are we? <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> we're Speedway fans, we're realists. That's, yeah. the, that's the way that works. Excellent. Brilliant. Okay, okay. Is, that, is that it? That's it, isn't that's it? it? That's okay. it, yeah. Fantastic. Well, and just while we're at it, I'll get the um, tables up as well, so... Yeah. Uh, people can have a look at the tables to yeah. see where we are. While we're waiting for Chris, of course, Mark, of course, big night on Monday, of course. Rory Schlein says his farewells to uh, British Speedway, of course. I mean, Rory's been, particularly for Wolves in the last few years, has been a terrific servant, but to British Speedway, it's been immense. Uh, 
you know, the funny thing is about Rory Schlein, I, I never really liked him until he signed for Wolverhampton. <laughs> and then I kind of realised just, just what, he, what he was like. Uh, you know, in the pits with the other riders, he's been tremendous, particularly yeah. with the younger riders. And um, I, I mentioned this to Chris Van Stratton when I last saw him. Uh, and he said, you know, I was exactly the same. I thought he was just like a kind of moaning Aussie, you know, but... Um, his view of Rory was completely transformed when he signed it. Um, so, yeah, I have massive respect for Rory's line. I think it's a it's a sad day that he's retiring, but I'm, I'm glad he's, get, he's he's had a lot of knocks over the years, hasn't he? And I'm glad yeah. he's kind of getting mm. out in, in one piece, if you know what I mean. I think, uh, I think he's had a great career and he's a really good guy. Uh, and, it, and, um, yeah. you know, big respect to him. And of course, his retirement has been, was obviously delayed, of course, by COVID because he should have retired last year. So. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Yep. Um, ben Clifton says we've forgotten one yeah, yeah. We, yeah we've forgotten yes, one come Ke- on Ke- sort yourself out Kent Ke- versus Sorry. Milden or, and it's up to you uh, OK I'll that's going to be a big match that is yeah. as well that's a massive match I'll go Milden all by six <sighs> I'm going to go Kent by two I'm going to say a draw and I'll go Kent by four I think History on my course, side thankfully, again. Thankfully, <laughs> of course, thankfully, of course, it is being staged at uh, Kent because there was talk yes. about it being staged at Mildenhall, which would have been that could be it, the one. It would then. have been silly, wouldn't it, to be honest, to do with that? But thankfully, yes. common sense has prevailed. So that could be the one. Then, so if Mildenhall win, that could be me above you. Yeah, but you are above me at the moment. I mean, so. staying above you yeah. Yeah. forever. Forever and yeah, ever. I, I think oh, so, yeah, another I think, week to go. Yeah, by the way, I think, as I say, Simon, I think, needs two more points to be mathematically certain of, of winning it with the fixtures that are still left. So. Well, well, we're not going to give them to him, are we? Really? <laughs> Is it that? Um, right, okay. yeah. oh, I thought he couldn't be couldn't be cool. No, he, he can't. Only, only, well, John, well, only John I can't catch him. But, uh, John still mathematically could catch him if he gets every single score right and Simon gets everything wrong. But yeah, Matt Book's in a champion, Champions League place yeah, there. Yeah, in the top four. Uh, and Dave Swine. And he knows nothing about Speedway. Less than me. I'm only saying that because he's not on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is on. I know, he's, he's a good... He's a good He's a blues fan, unfortunately. Uh, we've all got our crosses to We have, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we bear them. We bear them. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, then, we're, and then we're there, okay. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to read a couple of comments? Yes, go okay. Edinburgh will be high of confidence after their win tonight. Rory will be missed when he goes. Good looking lineup. Be interesting to see who replaces hands in the lineup if he can't ride. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and, and the shame if that's the last we see of Hans Anderson because he's retiring, obviously. Beyond, but no, Bjarne Pedersen's retiring. I thought Hans Anderson was retiring mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if he is, he's kept it quiet. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God, is this another Anders Rowe moment? It is, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> one, uh... Uh, hope Rory returns to UK regularly to help out with Speedway GP. GB youth development because he's been doing a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And, and of course, Rory Schlein is um, destined to become a question on question of sport. Yeah. Who was the last foreign rider to win the British Championship? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Only two others, I think, so who've uh, non British riders who've won it, of course. Uh, give me them Barry Briggs and Ivan Major. Oh, that's, I would have guessed Ivan Major. I wouldn't have been sure about yeah. Barry Briggs. Uh, Craig Smee says there needs to be more fixtures, in my opinion. Cup competition, yeah. 
cup competitions etc when you're trying to promote the sport how can you say yes we ride every monday apart from the next three weeks where we don't have a meeting then we race on thursday then back to monday it needs to be consistent on a weekly basis yeah. from april to october i mean that's a problem that football suffers from a little bit as well yeah, it does it? yeah it does yeah. it does a bit yeah. yeah i mean it used to be i mean saturday af- saturday afternoon three o'clock you know that's what it was that, that's 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 from yeah. my era yes Saturday afternoon it was yeah. killed I suppose you know TV has killed it really mm. hasn't it well I've, I've said before I mean it, it never ceases to amaze me why clubs in Sweden have long gaps during the season and then you get to September and they suddenly start going on a mad dash to get everything in so you can you yeah. can sort of ex- explain it a little bit this year because of a slow start for many clubs because of Covid restrictions going on longer than they wanted them to so mm. Yeah, I mean, um, it, I mentioned yeah. before my uh, my experiences of turning up in 1973 and the walls were away and there was still a meeting. And I know mm. Len Silver, still going strong at Kent, he's a big believer that every week you put on a show, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, of course, for promoters, it's harder these days financially to do that. But I think there's a lot of sense in what, uh, uh, was it Simon, sorry, already said in that, that comment. That's what we'd like to get to, I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? We haven't got enough riders, we haven't got enough teams. Yeah, correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently Cook, Danny King or Ben Barker are the only ones who could guest for hands that's what Craig Smee believes um, out of those I think I'd put pick Danny King I mean Ben Barker's got a good record at Peterborough but there's a replacement for hands and for hands and so mm. I'm not so sure um, Craig Cook's obviously had a you know I mean I'll hold my hands up I'm not a, you know, a huge fan of Craig but, but he's Craig Cook but he's had you know, a lot of problems this mm. season and hopefully, you know, he's on the way to sorting a lot of that out. But uh, Danny King, for me, probably would be the the, the logical one, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike stays quiet all night and now he's throwing out spoilers or rumours. Hope Hans comes on and puts him right like Anders did. <laughs> I, I would have taken money that you'd be the one to read that. I, know, yeah, I, know. I saw you trying to avoid it, so <laughs> yeah. I'll get that one in. <laughs> Uh, weeks offer chances for fans to discover they like doing something else more than going to Speedway. Well, that's a problem, isn't it? Uh, yeah. isn't really, because people get out of habit of going. They do, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. and, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, the Brummies. They, they they basically lost a generation, didn't they? Mm. Or two? Two generations, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was 23, 23 years. Well, I think Mark might be able to tell us about 23 years. Mm. We were there, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, 86, it, wasn't it, when it closed? Mm. So it was, yeah. uh, what was that, 2006? 2007, yeah. Yeah, so 21 years, yeah. Yeah, comment here from Dave Twine. What does Mark think about CVS's comment in the programme about Wolves not riding in the six-team league? That's a very interesting one. Um, I think Chris's heart is is at all around to speed around. I think he'd always want to run. I don't know whether he said that as a way of kind of... um, That would be unkind. Almost kind of putting a a gun to the other promoters' heads to say, come on. Um, The last time there were six teams in a a senior league was 1946, by the way. So, you know, it's a very, very small number to be running a Speedway League with, uh, and it's not enough. So, you know, from that point of view, Chris is right. And and we mentioned COVID. COVID cut out some of the early meetings. But in a a COVID-free season, six teams in a league, it just is not enough. No. No, I think Chris has said he wouldn't. If it had been a normal season, he wouldn't have run with sixteen league. It was because it was a shorter season with the COVID outbreak. Yeah. But, uh, yes. So, but we'll see. You know, we, you know, six teams really isn't anywhere for, for there to be for, it. for there to be more than six teams in the league. Somebody's going to have to come up. Yeah. 
and they're, they're, they're going to have to make that attractive enough for them yeah. to do it. Or the hope, of course, is that Oxford decides to take the plunging mm. straight into the top league. But I'll be shocked if, if Oxford goes straight into the top league if they do come That'd back. That'd be hell of a gamble, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be too big a gamble. I, I mean, I mean to, do, to do that, they're, they're going to have to weaken the league. Yeah. Essentially, to be able to encourage, or they could do some form of encouragement for for a team coming. I'll let you pick the last comment because we're about to go out. Okay, uh, well, 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 you're okay, Dylan. You don't don't feel that picked on at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, they're only allowed Lint and Ipswich riders to guess. I don't know what that's about, but. Mm. Uh, minimum mm. of eight teams make it more competitive. But my opinion, we need at least ten. Now, if you know where to get them from, yep. answers on a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> See you all uh, next week, and thank you very much, Mark, for uh, coming on and staying us with the hot with the whole hour. You deserve a medal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adley. Great Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.